Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey Cat, hey Moose. It's our 50th episode. It's our 50th episode. That is so exciting. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys for listening to 50 episodes and an Enneagram series and some interviews and some shorties. Come on. Come on. We've been doing this over a year now. We're doing Qigong as we are starting. And <laughs> aren't you doing like a uh, some sort of... Sh- Shay Zhang Li or I, <laughs> what's it called? I, I am. I, I have been doing, I have been trying to, um, establish and maintain a practice of doing Qigong, the eight silken movements of Qigong. There are many, many movements of Qigong there. There's a, a series of eight that I particularly am aware of. And, um, one of them that's my favorite is like the, it's called like the bow and the arrow or something like that. And it's like, you just kind of do your body like you're, like you're, about to shoot an arrow with a really, really big bow. And it just really opens up the pectoralis major, pectoralis minor, the intercostal muscles. I hate when my pectoralis is off. (laughs) It can really mess with you, man. Oh my gosh. I always feel it like right here. Sorry, patrons. You're the only ones that can see this zoom, but right here. Super awkward. All right. So a couple things I need to talk to you about. Okay. Do you ever feel like you're in the middle of the Truman Show? Well, I would have to have watched that movie to know what that means. So, no, I don't. you've never (laughs) seen that show? I've never seen that show. Oh, my gosh. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. I keep calling it a show. It's a movie. (laughs) It is not a show. But I rewatched it the past weekend and because I'm fascinated with the idea that Somebody could secretly be watching us, whether that is our ancestors or Mm -hmm. a movie company. So the basically the premise of the movie is that Truman is the main character, Jim Carrey, and that uh, a movie company basically created this life size city life size. You know what I mean? Like real life city. Um that they could film the show in. And the only one who is not aware of the cameras is Truman. Okay. Everyone else is an actor and he was born into this. So he was literally, his birth was so that he could, you know, be basically a reality star for his whole life. Wow. But he doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. So you're watching this and you're aware. I'm so glad we're talking about this because it's something I've always been fascinated with. You, you know, as the viewer, you're almost um, you almost feel guilty because you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy <laughs> is like doing things that he wouldn't want people to see. And yet, you know, it's something mm. bad. But like everyone is in on it except for you. Oh, man. The, the feeling of loneliness. If it, does he ever realize it? He does. And I can't tell you the end. You have to watch it. But um. It's so fascinating from a psychological level. And then I started Googling it today. For some reason today, I felt like I had cameras all around me because (laughs) just shit fell apart left and right. And it's it's only 11.06 (laughs) a.m. But I went and Googled it because I was like, okay, am I the only one that thinks that I might be Truman? And so I Googled it and there's a whole freaking syndrome about it. Really? What is it? Is it called like the Truman syndrome? Uh, let me find it. It's called the Truman Show delusion. Informally known as Truman syndrome, it's a type of delusion in which the person believes that their lives are staged reality shows <laughs> 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 or that they're being watched on cameras. Now, I grew up with my brother who um, was schizophrenic mm-hmm. and He didn't necessarily think that he was on a TV show, but he did have the feeling that the government was always watching him, Uh which is probably true. So maybe he's actually more sane than all of us. (laughs) Well, I have something to say about that. Can I interrupt you like I always do? Please. Okay. So um, you're talking about the, um, well, damn, now I don't remember what I was going to say. 
Jesus, Lord, help me. Someone help her, Lord. I need so much help. Mary Magdalene, will you please come and help, Kat? <laughs> please come and help me, Mary, Mother of God. No, I know that and Mary Magdalene are, are arguably two different figures. Um, Should we gosh. talk about that? Because I, I, it messes with me. Yeah, well, my understanding is that Mary Magdalene, she's the one who um, wiped Jesus's feet with her hair in the really expensive perfume. Did she have long hair? Well, I'm I'm imagining unless she rubbed his feet like kind of like an SOS pad or something. I'm thinking that it was probably long hair that she like dipped in this really expensive perfume or she poured the perfume on his feet. I'm botching this. Any biblical person listening is like delete cat and moose. I don't care. Here's the good and news. So- we don't have any of those people listening, so we're solid. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I always um, pictured it when I read that because it never really said if she had long hair. I pictured her with like really short, cute pixie hair and uh-huh. just like dipping her head in the oil and then sort of just using her head like a mop, you know, and like getting in there. I mean, who knows? We don't know. Right. Right. We we really don't know. Nobody knows. And she's also the person who was the first person to see Jesus resurrected. And so we were talking with our friend Jules the other day about how how cool is it and how intentional was it that the first person Jesus showed himself to after being resurrected was a woman and especially also a woman who like wasn't um, viewed like high in society. So that's what I know about Mary Magdalene. And I need her and Mary, the mother of God. Jesus's mother's name was Mary. And um, I, I need I need their support right now to remember what I was going to say, because it was so good. Well, while we're thinking on that, uh, did you know that the portrayal of Mary Magdalene as a prostitute began after a series of Easter sermons delivered in 591? No, Why was she who? portrayed as a prostitute? Probably because she was a woman. (laughs) And all we want to do is to connect with men. Please come over here. Like, why? She is this saint of a woman and you're making her into a prostitute. That's amazing. Oh, goodness. I mean, these these people, and I'm going to guess this preacher wasn't a woman <laughs> who delivered these Easter no, sermons. it wasn't a woman. And and so he probably was like, hey, man, like old pixie dust over there, like really like enjoy rubbing <laughs> her head all over Jesus's feet. So she definitely wanted to have sex with him. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no fine line for us women. You know, it goes straight from like, <laughs> Ooh, he's got nice eyes to like lay it on out, man. <laughs> I remembered what I was going to say. See, I knew you would get there. Mary helped us. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Marys. So I was in a situation where um, someone did something that really pissed me off. And that same person, when I confronted him about it, that same person, I said, hey, what you did really pissed me off. And I would like to have a better understanding of why you did it so that I can either continue to be pissed off with you or I can get a different perspective on it. And he said, well, Kat, he said, I did that so I could try to connect with you. Okay. And I said, hang on, I'm not done. And I said, (laughs) you don't believe it? No, I like I have a lot of feelings around it. So let's let's let you finish. So, um, so when he said I did it to connect with you, I immediately wanted to jump on him like a wild beast and wow, give see, him just like Mary wanted to <laughs> jump on all of these men. <laughs> you got to control your emotions <laughs> and your libido, cat. The point being is I didn't want to have sex with him. I literally just like one, I felt so immediately connected to him that I completely forgot. I dismissed the anger was gone. And so the thing I was talking to my therapist about is I said, okay, what this tells me is that I, I am willing to, if someone does something that like tickles my ego, I'm willing to forgive a world of sins. Uh, that and, bothers and, me about you. Like, well, I cannot believe, like, 
and I know we're so different in this way, but like how, how does your anger just dissipate when he says he wants to connect with you? That sounds like manipulation. Well, it probably was. And what it made me realize though, is that I have got a gaping hole. I have got a deficit for some reason for the kind of attention that he gave me so much so that I was willing to be so excited about that, that, that my anger and all of that just like went out the door. And, and how often do I do that in my real life? How often when someone gives me something that I crave, do I totally forget the fact that they treated me like shit 10 minutes ago? You know, and it's like that, that sounds to me like, wow, we need to have an abusive relationship conversation. Well, let me ask you two things. One, is that any kind of behavior that you experienced from your dad? Oh, 100%. Because that was the first thing that popped up. I don't, I didn't know the answer to that. So I'm not just trying to out you here. And, and this, well, this is the first time that I've thought about that, but, but I think about it and I go like, I craved my dad's acceptance, like, yeah. like until the day he died. And even still after he's dead, I still go, man, I hope you're proud of me. Like, I hope that I have, have made you proud. And it's like, oh my gosh, like you crave that acceptance so bad. And then like on the flip side, like my dad was really verbally abusive, yeah. So, so yes, that, that does mimic, um, my relationship with my dad. Thanks for bringing that up. I, I really don't have to keep paying for this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Second question is, let me tell you the story again. And I want you, I'm going to be in your situation. Okay. Uh, somebody was very rude. And the next time I encountered him, I had the guts to say, Hey, that wasn't cool, man. Like mm -hmm. the way you handled that situation wasn't cool. And then he says to me, you got to understand, I was just pushing your buttons because I wanted to connect with you. Mm -hmm. Like my response, I'm trying to like feel it and not just think about it. My response is who the f do you think you are <laughs> that you are even close enough to me to push my buttons in order to get a response then mm -hmm. secondly, that is manipulation. Like that mm -hmm. is the idea of, I mean, here's the thing you got to understand Enneagram eights. This is what we do. This is why I recognize it so well. <laughs> and it makes me wonder if he could be an Enneagram eight. Doesn't matter. You can have bad behavior regardless of your type, but Enneagram eights are known for, I put in quotes, starting fights mm. in order to feel connection. Mm. Now, that is the, that I put in quotes because that is the perspective of the other. What we are trying to do, I'll speak for myself. When I am trying to, you know, Kat, you know, I do this. Like, I'm like, um, I get in trouble all the time with you in particular. So the <laughs> fact that this guy got off Scott clean and I am the one that's the shitster <laughs> makes me crazy. But um, there, we've talked about this on the podcast. There was a moment where there was something in our business that I came to you and I said, Hey cat, is this specific thing still in season for you? Oh my God. I can't even talk about it. I know we, <laughs> we now joke about it. Thank goodness. But, um, and my legitimate question was, is this part of our business still something we want to continue on with? Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think you, well, I'll let you share how you feel. But <laughs> I think sometimes when when eight specifically ask a question like that, it can come across as like you're just you're literally just pushing to see how passionate I am, you know, or mm -hmm. in some cases, um, are you saying that I'm not involved enough in this specific area? And so you're asking me if I want out. Right. Yeah, that was exactly how I took it. But from my perspective, I'm going, I think I'm feeling this. I want to check in with my other business partners to see, oh. like, is it just mm -hmm. me? And so that's me trying to create connection where some people see it as you're just you're egging me on to say I'm not doing my job. Uh huh. And isn't that so fascinating? Like one of the things that I'm realizing, and that's a great example of it, is what we perceive and what actually happens are two really different things most of the time. How are we 
possibly walking around as a human race is what I want to know. It's like when you said that to me, I, I literally like I got so mad and so offended and then so insecure. I had like all the feelings and you were trying to connect with me. Yeah. What in the f- like, like how we were like on two totally different pages. We totally and, were. And, and, and it's like, it's like, okay, if two best friends can have that kind of misfire, no wonder there's problems in the world. Right. So are you having sex with this guy now? No. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> I am not. <laughs> However, I have thought several times, like, I'd like to go have a cup of coffee with him. Like, I'd like to go talk to him. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to hear a little bit more. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Okay. Th- we gotta keep, we gotta stay on this subject because this is really <laughs> big. Um, I want to know, I'm serious. Like I I'm sitting here going like, okay, I know about you. You go to eight. Okay, so you uh-huh. have a little bit of my craziness in you. Mm-hmm. There is something that is attractive to both of us because we can be very intense when we choose to be. Mm-hmm. There is something attractive to us when somebody sort of like comes up against us. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. Enneagram mates, we love kind of seeing the same intensity we bring. When somebody brings that, like, even if it's harsh, sometimes we're like, okay, let's play, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is that what you're feeling is like, okay, this guy wanted to, he, he wanted to connect with me. So now I need to go deeper with him. That, that is how I feel. Yeah. It's like, I, but I don't want to engage with him at the same kind of intensity that he dished out. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking to like get in a yelling match with him or to act the way that he acted, the way he acted offended me. It, it pissed me off. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I didn't want to match that. What I wanted to match was the like, oh, you want to connect with me? I game on. Like, I'm totally into that. So, so yes, it does make me want to connect with him more, but not, not in the, the same kind of way. And this is where we're complete opposites. Like I, I don't want to connect with anyone, (laughs) (laughs) much less somebody that feels very unsafe to me. Like I, once I get that, that that tick over to unsafe, like for me, I'm just like, hell no. In fact, I will move (laughs) out of state in order to get further away from you. (laughs) Yeah. and, And I guess that's the thing that where, where I'm really like, you know, and, and we laugh all the time that I say I'm fascinated with my own mind because it sounds like the most narcissistic thing in the world. But I'm fascinated that it, it's like it's like that happened. And that was my response. And I also go to eight yeah. a lot of time, you know, like I'm like there. I, I am most definitely bipolar. No, you're not. You're just <laughs> processing things in real time and being honest with yourself. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually really enjoying it. It's kind of fun. Like once you get over the, like, Oh my God, what is that thing that I do to start just having an awareness in the world? It's like, wow, I just did that thing. Oh wow. I just did that thing again. And not that, not that there even needs to be a judgment toward it necessarily as much as just an awareness of it. So it's like, okay, I'm doing that thing where I responded to, you know, someone basically giving me words of affirmation or saying they want me or they, they want to have a connection with me that, you know, tickles my little ego. And so therefore like, yeah, it it just, it's like what, then it makes me ask the question, like, well, why do I need that thing so bad? Like, why, why do, why is that a deficit? And is that something that happened when I was a child? And if it is, I want to go like, okay, therapists out there, help us figure out how to deal with childhood issues at this age, because I'm tired of being told, well, you know, that's probably from when blah, 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 in the embryo, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And I'm like, I can't do anything about that. Look, I'm with you. You know, it's interesting. My previous therapist, whenever I would say I want to understand the why of something, she would say, um, uh, what, you know, I don't understand why you need the why. And I'm like, well, because if I know why I'm this way, it's going to help me make changes. She's like, actually, what you need to do is stay in the present 
And, um, and it makes me want to ask you like what, okay. So, you know, I love a bucket, even though I don't like a bucket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we need- yeah. No buckets at your house. We're going to start calling the way my brain organizes things. It's in pails. <laughs> in pails. Okay. <laughs> Little sand pails. Buckets. Yeah. So in the ego pail, um, you know, ego is formed because we don't have a, f- and this is my own words. It It's, don't think that this is truth, but this is the way I see it. <laughs> ego is formed out of a false uh, appreciation of yourself, in my opinion. Like when you're operating in your ego, you're not operating out of this excess of understanding about yourself, right? Hmm. Okay. So it would say to me that I-, I would love for you to dig in and go, how do I fill up that cup of um, my own view of myself. Hmm. So that would be an example of self-compassion. Right. Which is something that my therapist brought up as well, because when I was asking her about this, one of the things she said was, is she was like, you know, the first thing that I would like for you to consider is that you would offer yourself some compassion in this area. And I said, look, I said, I, I'm great. I, I can consider that, you know, Thinking of the yin yang and doing qigong and floating on a cloud and imagining myself in the river beneath the river and like all the things, it's like I do plenty of being compassionate to myself. Like I do plenty of self care. Like I'm kind of over like the self care bullshit and I'm ready for shit to start changing. Like I, I like I'm 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 kind of over that piece of it. And she was like, okay. She said, well, I can appreciate that. And she goes, I. I guess a different way to say this would be like, like self-compassion is a prerequisite. Prerequisite. Prerequisite because I'm <laughs> Elma Fudd and I love Bugs Bunny the Wabbit. Um, so she said self <laughs> Oh my gosh. She Sarah, said, don't so- edit that out. It was so good. <laughs> prerequisite. She said that self-compassion is a prerequisite for healing. And when she said that, wait, 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 self-compassion is a prerequisite for healing. Mm-hmm. I think you have self-compassion. Really? Yeah. And to your point of I'm tired of this, I just want to operate differently or however you said it. I mean, you you are operating differently. Like, I think the past year of you being in therapy every single week is changing the fact that you're not asleep to these mm. these ways, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's something that that makes me think of, and, and I've noticed this as I've gone back and listened to former episodes, is I, I really think that you are one of my biggest cheerleaders. Like, you are so great at giving me perspective like that and being able to go, hey, look at look at what has changed. Look at what has happened. And, and my therapist did something similar in, in our conversation this week as she was like, well, I, I hear that you're frustrated with your, you know, lack of progress or the time it's taking you to make progress. Progress. And she goes, I'm someone who sits in this chair and does this every hour of my work day. And what I want to tell you is that you are, you are very impressively progressing. Yes. And I was like, I, and then I was like, I, I'm, that's bullshit. Like, like, give me an example. And she just rattled off like several examples. And, and, and just like you did with me the other night, you were, you noticed several things that I have done differently. And it makes me just be really grateful for that perspective and grateful that I have people in my life who can offer that perspective. So thank you, Moose. Of course. And this, this leads into something, uh, you know, on Friday, we just released our episode with Juliana Zobrist and, uh, Sarah brought something up to me that I'm not sure Juliana said it exactly like this, but Sarah pulled out a piece that meant so much to her. And again, I don't know if this was her perspective on something Juliana said, or if she actually said it. But she was talking about how, what if empathy is perspective? Mm-mm-mm. Like that's so rich that I can barely understand it. Yeah. So Sarah said that to me and, and I was just like, I was the same way. Like that emoji of your brains just exploding. <laughs> like I was yeah. like, what? And you know, Sarah being an Enneagram six is always about perspective. And I joke and say, And everyone is annoyed by it because like you could come to Sarah with like, 
this man just came across the street and took a shit in my front yard and left it there and then walked back across the street. And she could be like, okay, I just need you to consider that maybe he was on a walk and he didn't know, you know, like she could come up with his perspective instantly uh-huh. to the point that, you you know, as an eight, I just wanted to be angry with me all the time <laughs> in right. order to have that connection. But um, but anyway, she said that she's what if empathy is perspective? And so let's flip it. What if perspective is empathy? Hmm. So in that way, it's like, OK, it, this is hard for me because I do have a meter of right and wrong and uh-huh. um, and I try to stay in the gray in between. But I, I feel like if you hurt people, I don't need to find the reason why you hurt me. You <laughs> yes. know what I'm saying? Yes, like, I do. You are the bad guy yeah. and I am the good guy, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think some aspects of hurt, like I think that that's really reasonable. You know, it's like if someone punches you in the face I, I don't care how much perspective you can have on that. It's it's somebody hurt you. Yeah. You know, now if it was them trying to save your life because they could magically see an aneurysm happening in the left side of your brain and the only way to make it not happen was punch you in the eye, like maybe that's that's a perspective <laughs> that I can understand, but that's not real life. Right. You know, so there are some things where it's like, okay, like you don't deserve to be hurt. Like I don't deserve to be hurt. There are some things where I think we perceive as hurt that are not. And I think that's what both Juliana and Sarah are getting at. Yeah, exactly. Like the opportunity to step away. Like an example would be, I have a friend who is a listener of this podcast and he is incredible at um, giving people the benefit of the doubt. And like, I don't even compute that phrase, (laughs) you know, like I'm starting to get there, you know, Uh but like, I give people the benefit of the doubt about a year after something happens. And I'm like, oh, I can see their perspective. Mm -hmm. But he's really good at like, you know, he he has gone through the deconstruction process of faith. And and, you know, sometimes I'll he's a safe place where I can just kind of bitch and moan about stuff. And I'll be like, yeah, but did you see like, look at these Christians? They're still doing this. (laughs) And he's like, what if they're just at a different part of their journey? And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. They should be on my journey, <laughs> egotistical moose. So, yes, uh, I all that to say, do not go to coffee with that guy. <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> I won't go to coffee with him. I, I won't go to coffee with him. What I am going to do is is next time we're in a conversation together, I'm, I'm going to bring up what what. I now understand happened and go, can we talk about and actually have a vulnerable conversation and talk about why do you want to connect with me? The crazy thing to me is that you believe him. I mean, he, that, but, but if I ask the question and he gives me a line of bullshit, yeah. then, then I know, I know, wow, I can't trust that, you know, but if he's like, well, it's actually because blah, blah, I, I don't know. I don't know what he could say. I guess in, 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 in your right, like that is, that maybe that's not the way to deal with it. Maybe the way to deal with it is to, ah, gosh, I don't know. Well, I'm not saying write him off. Like I, I think you're, I think you're looking at this in the right way is like, you're trying to understand his point of view. Um, and, and you're probably right for doing that. I feel protective of you, of course. And I, I also just think that it is incredibly sloppy and, uh, disrespectful to behave poorly and then turn it around and act like, Oh no, I actually mm-hmm. want to be close to you. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is from someone who has done that a lot in my life, um, mm-hmm. of flailing and freaking out and then needing comfort from the same person mm-hmm. and expecting that to just be there. And it's like, no, no, actually you have hurt this person mm-hmm. and they don't have to show up for you. You know, like they don't have to sit with you just because you threw a fit. And so there's Mm -hmm. part of me that I see in myself in him to be like, that's not fair nor safe for you Mm -hmm. to enter that relationship any deeper. But I'm curious enough that if you choose to go there, I will I will pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can definitely follow up on it. Most definitely. 
Hey guys, we have created an easy way for you to support the Cat and Moose podcast. You can go to our website, catandmoosepodcast.com, click support us and check out our affiliate links. We've got all kinds of affiliates starting with Amazon, Instacart, Ollie, All Bird Shoes, Dinner Dates, BarkBox, Gravity, Audible, Skillshare, Embark Dog DNA Testing. So if you're going to check out some great shoes from All Birds or some dog food through Ollie, or get a bark box or listen to a book on audible get a gravity blanket shop on instacart you get the idea right give your dog a dna test through embark or turn time into inspiration with skillshare if you want to do any of that go ahead and help out our podcast in the meantime and do those things through our affiliate links go to catandmoosepodcast.com and click on support us thanks So, you know, these uh, Texas storms that were crazy and dumped all the snow, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see the story of the stranded grocery delivery driver who had to be taken in by a family for six days because as she was delivering groceries, like everything went bad, The you know, every, like everything fell apart? I haven't seen that. She literally stayed with this family for six days. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like living hell to me. I am sorry, but I would freeze in my car before I would knock on the door. <laughs> I really would. Even if they knocked on the door, I would just act like I was frozen dead. <laughs> I am watching this story and everyone is like super happy. And I mean, there's like a photo of them and it was it was in Austin. And um, I'll send you this photo like they're all just like adorable. And they're like, oh, we're just hanging out. It's it's like fun. You know, it's like in Florida. They do those hurricane parties. It's like a snowstorm party and they, it's a couple. They just take her in. Hey, stay with us. Like, I don't know what planet these people <laughs> live on that. They are just like strangers. Come on in. And then she's like, cool, man. Like, how do you even change your mindset to receive that? Yeah, I don't I don't know, because I would have a hard I, I feel like I could receive that in a life threatening situation, which maybe that that is what that was. You know, I, I don't feel like I I could receive that in a situation where it's like, well, I'm a little bit uncomfortable, so I'll go do this and be more comfortable. Like, no way. No way. So she posted her name is Chelsea Timmons. And she put on Facebook, this was day five, stranded with a stranger. Story time. So if you know me, you know that on the weekend, I work for delivery services. This particular weekend, I was in Austin delivering groceries, making some extra money as everyone tried to prepare for the winter storm. Goal was to do some runs in the morning, head home around noon, be home before the snow hit Sunday night. I intended to sip some wine and eat some Valentine's chocolate and wait out the storm. Well, things didn't go as planned at all. I accepted my last run at 11 a.m. Road conditions were becoming poor, so it took me a little over an hour to pick up their order and arrive at their home. Their home sat lower than the main road, so the driveway was at an incline. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. And, you know, AAA comes, like the whole thing. And then, like, she ends it with, like, all these things she's been blessed by. And she's like, I'm blessed Hmm. that... You know, I hit accept before the timer ran out because she met these people. And I'm like, it would take a snowstorm and my fingers falling off for me to like (laughs) walk back up that driveway and ask for help. And I just read this going like, I want to be more receiving (laughs) and more. And like for me to ask for help is so hard. And I just Mm. thought she was a badass for doing that. I think that that's really awesome. And and it's really hard for me too. I I really don't like asking for help either. And I've noticed, especially with some of our clients lately, I've been doing this. It's, it's been kind of intentional. I I just have felt like I could lean into it. I've been trying to lean into my intuition more. And there have been a couple of times with two different of our clients where in conversations with them, where they have posed a question that I, I cannot fix. I cannot answer it. I don't know the next right step. I've said to them, can you talk this out with me and hear what I'm thinking? And maybe together 
we can figure it out. And it's been so cool how it's taken this like sense of I am in charge. It is my job to take care of everything. I am the boss to be able to share that a little bit. And, and, and obviously in some areas, like I just need to lead, you know, in some areas I just need to go like, Hey, I'm in charge. This is what we're doing in these different areas that I've been dealing with. It's been really nice to, to be on the receiving end of I'm asking for support. And by you giving me support, what we ended up with is actually something that's way more brilliant than either one of us could have come up with on our own. So it's been this tiny little exercise in, in, trying to ask for help and learn how to receive that, that hasn't made me want to die. <laughs> I hear you. I I'm, I'm pretty good when it comes to like in a work setting, but the minute it comes to like my own, uh, I guess it has to do with neediness that I'm fearful of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just a very core group that I feel like I can do that with. So kudos to her for, Basically saying, can I stay here as long as I can until I can get out? (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. You're a badass. All right. So um, I bought you something recently. Oh, well, when do I get it? Um, Well, I don't have an estimated delivery date yet, but I was wondering if I could go ahead and tell you about it in advance so that you could get excited. Excellent. What category does it land in? I'll have to have you define that because I have no idea. Self-care. Let's call it self-care. Okay. I like that. Okay. Tell me what it is. So somehow, and I think it was actually from you, um, somehow I, I clicked on a, which by the way, okay, we talked about higher dose last week, <laughs> like the death, the death, uh, coffin or whatever, like the thing that you get in and a body bag, they call it a body bag. Yeah, the body bag. That's what it was. But it is a death coffin. I would agree. Yeah. And so anyway, since we had that conversation and since I went to the website, I get ads for that damn body bag on Facebook, on Instagram. <laughs> I I am seeing that thing everywhere. So somebody is listening. Oh, they are. I'll tell you who is the freaking producers of Truman Show. Yeah, that's exactly who it is. That's exactly who it is. So it was one of these things that I'm glad that I actually stumbled upon called soulfulvibes.com. And they sell crystals and self-care products and smelly good things. And they talk about astrology and body work and self-care and all that kind of stuff. So I just really eat up their newsletters and and stuff like that. And so so I got uh, an ad the other day as I was looking on Instagram and I noticed that they were advertising these things called the Yanni Steams. Yanni Steams. Yes. Y-O-N-I. I think that's how you say it. I got. Okay. That is so weird. Why? I just got fed an ad on Instagram. This is very weird that I took a photo of. How do you spell it? Y-O-N-I. Oh. Oh my gosh. You don't want to know what I just clicked on. <laughs> Is it what I bought you? Oh my gosh. I hope not. This is called Yanni Pearls and you don't want to see what that is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Not the same thing. Keep going. <laughs> my dogs are going nuts in the background. Can you hear them? Yeah. So can our listeners keep going. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, I was very intrigued by this ad. I was like, Yanni steams. Like, what is this? I didn't know if it was like tea or, or whatever that. So I kept reading and the more I learned about it, I was like, I'm totally getting this for moose. And we're going to talk about it on the podcast is what it is, is it is a blend of different herbs that you take a few teaspoons of and you put it in a pot of boiling water and you boil it for like five minutes. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, like when you put cinnamon sticks in the pan around Christmas time and it makes your house smell good. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Then what you do is you take the boiling water and you pour it in a large bowl and you put the bowl on the ground and you take your pants off. What? And you squat over the bowl. Wait, 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 wait. And it steams your downtown folds. This must be the same thing as the Yanni Pearls. Are you kidding me? 
I'm not kidding you. Supposedly, I have to squat over a bowl. You didn't buy this for me. <laughs> you squat over a bowl and you let you let the steam get all up in there. And apparently, it helps with dryness. It helps with hormone balance. It helps like improve your mood. Well, what? Where did you get the idea that I have dryness happening? <laughs> I don't know. I just saw this stuff. Oh my it's God. like, I have to buy this for moose. <laughs> well, my God, we can't. I am speechless for the first time in 42 years. <laughs> I just pictured myself with a giant mixing bowl underneath me in the kitchen. I don't know why I'm doing it in the kitchen, but I am just. By the way, you got to hold on to something because I can't squat like that. You know, your legs start shaking. It's like when you squat over the toilet to pee. Right. And you start getting those shakes in your legs like, oh, God, I'm going down. I'm going down. It's like when you have to pee out in the wilderness. It's like totally impossible, like at our age and our size. And I'm just saying this Yanni Steams thing, I I really think you're going to love it. And I want to do it with you. (laughs) Well, shit. Like at the same time, or we'll just like, (laughs) maybe we'll just FaceTime, but only our face. And like, wow. Wow. That's not what I expected. (laughs) Maybe we could record that Zoom for everybody. (laughs) Oh, my. That is some crazy shit, Kat. It is. The only thing that's a little bit crazier is what we were together the other day, which it was so nice to see you in person. Um, We were together and we were talking with one of our friends. And do you remember what she said about taking an aspirin? Um, No. And she said it so casually in passing. She said, yeah, I take an aspirin every day so I don't stroke out. (laughs) Yeah, we were talking about like... She was dead serious, too. She oh. said, so I don't stroke out, which, by the way, I've started taking a low dose Bayer since then because I have <laughs> had plenty of people in my life stroke out. I don't need that. Well, I'm glad that you started doing that. And as a reminder, I have a little vial of nitroglycerin in my purse. Oh, that's right. I'll just if I text you 911, drive it over <laughs> as fast as you can. Okay, so I need to ask you about this habit that uh, people do that nobody seems to talk about, and it's time that we talk about it. Okay. Okay, I need you, in order to like share this, I want to um, give an example. So if you could give me a few sentences of just things that are on your mind, and I'll give the example of what people do sometimes. Okay. Um. I'm really looking forward to having Chick Fil A for lunch after lunch. we get done recording the podcast. podcast. <laughs> okay, I don't know if based on us being on Zoom, you can hear it, but the thing I'm describing is when people move their mouth to what you're saying. Ooh. Oh yeah. Okay, so like like they're listening to you, but mm-hmm. then they are off. They're trying to guess what you're saying. Huh. That's weird. I don't think I experienced that a lot. Oh my gosh. People do it all the time or they'll, they will jump in and try and repeat the last few words you said. So I will say something like, oh my gosh, I got to get in my car and get to this appointment. And they'll be like appointment. And I'll be like, what, Mm -hmm. what just happened? Is there an echo? It's a thing. People move their mouth to what you are saying. And Hmm. it's, uh, it's never been more apparent than on zoom. I was on uh, I was on a Zoom with somebody and they were asking me questions, wanting to hire my company to do something. And I was explaining what I was, you know, what I do. And I'm like, oh, so, you know, once you get the song on the charts, you move the song up the charts and here's how you do it. And they'd be like, do it. And they were repeating uh-uh. what I was saying. No, I legitimately thought there was an echo. And I said, excuse me. And they're like, yeah, I know I heard you. This is actually a psychological condition called echolalia. People who do this are usually very smart, a bit introverted, and have a sensory need to reform the words that they hear with their own mouths in order to fully process their meaning. It's it's a thing. And I need you, if you do this, to try and work it out, man. Because, <laughs> like, 
You aren't in my brain. You can't guess what I'm saying. So stop moving your mouth to what I'm saying. <laughs> You've never seen anyone do this? It's not that I've never seen anyone do it. I just don't experience it on a regular basis. And I'm also kind of, it, it makes me think of our previous conversation about perspective and empathy. Oh, I was just doing it while you were talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is annoying. That's like that's like mirroring like on speed. Yeah. And and honestly, you can look it up. It's a legit thing that happens in people's brains where they're trying to going back to connecting. They're trying to follow what you're saying, but I can't I can't speak if I'm watching you move your mouth to what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's really hard. Sometimes my bodywork therapist will do the same movements that I'm doing with my body. Yeah. And she doesn't do it all the time, but occasionally she'll like, if I've, if I'm sitting like facing her and I've got my legs, you know, bent and together and I start like kind of tapping my thighs, like sometimes she'll tap her thighs. Do you think that's weird? I do. I do. It's It's not not weird. weird because it's not all the time. Yeah. It's like every now and then it kind of feels like, okay, like somehow we're kind of getting in some sort of rhythm together. And that makes sense to me. If she did it all the time, I would short circuit. Like, I don't think I can handle it. Yeah. I think I have a problem with mirroring in general. <laughs> We've learned. <laughs> yeah. I have a problem with people connecting with me. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an eight and all I want is connection, but I really don't want anybody to connect with me. Oh, it's such a problem. That is a problem. It's in in talking about mirroring. I really think that you and I together. Um, you know, I bought us a masterclass subscription for Christmas, and one of the lessons in masterclass is mirroring. I think we should take it together and see what we get out of it. Oh, I would love to do that. I I, I saw the advertisement for that, but I haven't watched it yet. I cannot believe that you bought me downtown herbs. I did, man. I, I literally, I thought of you and I, I have a couple other things that I have for you too. Um, I'll, I'll save those for another episode. <laughs> did you ever use that Perry fit thing that I got you? No, it's still in the cellophane wrap. Mine is too. It's the Kegel strengthener. Yeah. You like play a game on your phone and at, like in order to like have Mario jump, you have to squeeze your downtown muscles. <laughs> I mean, is that not the most creative thing someone thought of? It is pretty creative. It's like, well, if you're going to strengthen your Kegel, might as well play a video game while doing it. I mean, it's like that, 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 I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. It's weird though. All right. So next time we're together, Moose, I want us to practice something together called co-regulating. Have you heard of this? Well, you mentioned it to me because I was telling you that I saw this video of, um, two people that basically put their heart on or sorry, put their hand on each other's chest. Mm -hmm. And you told me that that was called co-regulating. Yeah. There's a thing called co-regulating and I I learned about it reading about, you know, mental health stuff and body work and all of that. And, um, and basically what it does is it is meant to create a connection between you and another person that is calming and that, um, gets to where like you're on each other's same page. And so the one, there's many ways to do this, but one of the ways to do it would be to sit Indian style facing one another. And like, if you and I were sitting across from each other, I would put my left hand over where your heart is. And you would put your left hand over where my heart is on my chest. And we would begin to inhale and exhale in the same rhythm together. And that physiologically, does something to the nervous system and it gets us kind of in the, in the same, same place. So like if tensions were high over something that we were talking about or whatever, we could go, Hey, let's co-regulate for a second, get on the same page and then proceed with the conversation. That's so disarming and intimate to Mm -hmm. actually touch someone's heart. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of what we always talk about with namaste, you know, like, It's like we could be in a huge fight, but like, let's just pause for a minute Mm -hmm. and let's connect. And I I love that idea. I love the idea of just saying like, we may not be on the same page, 
But let's find a way to connect. It's not very COVID friendly. No. But I do like it when it comes to close people. Yeah, it's not COVID friendly. It, and it's something that I learned about too in, in class the other night because I'm studying body work. And, um, and one of my instructors was sharing, we were learning how to do um, advanced techniques on the chest. So working the muscles in the chest and, you know, there's muscles like in between each of your ribs. And, you know, we, we face a computer so often and they're sitting at a keyboard or we're looking at our phone or we're driving that we're in like this, this position of like always, you know, kind of hunching forward and the muscles in our chest, they, they shorten and they atrophy, which makes our back muscles have to overwork. And that's why so many people have sore shoulders and necks and, and back problems. You know, I do. Yes. And so, um, and so while we were learning how to do this, um, this work on the chest, my instructor reminded us that sometimes because this is where the heart chakra is, it's where the emperor of the body is like, like ancient Chinese say that the heart is the emperor of the body. Um, so it's an area that, um, is very vulnerable for people. And so, um, she said, just know that sometimes when you are working on the chest, that that could cause, an emotional release and remember that it's not your job to do anything. It's not your job to fix anything. It's your job to just be present in that moment with that person. That's beautiful. I, I've, um, I've had a massage therapist recently tell me that all of my pain in my shoulders is actually coming. And even down to my lower back is coming from my pecs. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I hate when they massage my pecs because it's just so sore. Yeah. Well, it, and it's something that like that what I'm learning too is that a really skilled massage therapist knows that quote unquote massaging the pecs is not the same thing as like a deep tissue massage on the shoulders because the pecs don't get the kind of attention um, that the shoulders would in a massage and they're much, they're very delicate. Like they're very sensitive. Like, like I had my, um, you know, the guy that was my partner in class, um, do the chest work on me last night. And my chest is kind of sore today. And he was very gentle with me, mm. but it was still really sore. So you got to be careful working with the pecs. One thing I learned about the pecs is that it's a really big muscle and it's the only muscle in the body that is its own agonist and antagonist. What does that mean? According to BBC, the muscle that is contracting is called the agonist while the muscle that is relaxing or lengthening is called the antagonist. One way to remember which muscle is the agonist is that it will be the one that's in agony during movement as it is the one that is doing all the work. You know, when you talk about co-regulating, I, I shared with you the other day, I have a friend whose uh, parents are in their late 70s and they've been married for years and years and years. And um, they they sort of noticed over the years they were kind of getting crabby at each other and, and not as connected. And so... Um, one of them said, you know what we need to do is, is every night before we go to bed, let's just hold each other for 30 minutes. Mm. And it's the same idea, right? It's just like, mm -hmm. I am here with you. You, I'm yeah. not leaving, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm your person and we're okay. You know, mm -hmm. that's what that feels mm -hmm. like to me. And I always picture that, especially as a couple in their late seventies, like how beautiful is that to take the time just to hold each other? I love it. Just as a reminder, we have a page on Patreon that we would love for you to become a patron. You can sign up for as low as five bucks a month and we put lots of new stuff. You get access to our episodes early and we do a quarterly hangout on Zoom. So if you want to do that, please sign up on patreon.com slash cat and moose. And if you want to get a hold of us, let me remind you how you can call 1-866-KATMOO5. You can email us hello at catandmoosepodcast.com. You can visit us on Facebook and become a part of our cat and moose group on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at cat and moose podcast. <laughs> Producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.